Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if confession is good for the soul, why is it so bad for your career? <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> oh, there we go. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, (laughs) unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. I just don't think we're getting away with that anymore. I'm sorry. Oh my. (laughs) My dad said if I had nothing nice to say. Not to say anything at all. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light, and make sure all the ruminants are out of the room. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... It worked! Fully functioning. <laughs> Yay! Those uh, pills worked a treat, didn't they? Oh. The panel have awe and wonder. The panel have no idea what's what's coming. And I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, my mother's back in the room. So let me start by introducing tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather got lost in thought this week. And it was unfamiliar territory. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the show, Heather. That's not nice. Scary times, right? <laughs> I wish to also introduce the analytical and funny snorting Michelle Corrie. <laughs> Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota and has been a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. She also has the unique ability to read out loud, which overqualifies her for the part. And I won't <laughs> force her to eat anything strange or odd 
on tonight's show. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Michelle realised this week that living on Earth is expensive, but it does include a free trip around the sun. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 72 is a fantastical and remarkable number. This is Series 2, Episode 72. 72 is usually par for an 18-hole golf course. Did you know my ex-wife got stung on a golf course once? No, no. Heather, Heather is so bad at golf, she had to have her ball retriever re-gripped. Do you know, <laughs> when primitive tribes used to beat the ground with clubs and yell, it got labelled witchcraft. Now that can be seen on every golf course across the country. There are 72 hours in a three-day period. That is the time it takes for Michelle to fully digest dirt and sausages. Yes, yes, that is true. The T-72 was a Russian tank that went into service in 1971 and is still in production. Do you know what Russians use to light their homes before they used candles? Electricity. Oh! <laughs> Communism. Do you remember the good old days when you actually knew who your enemy was? 72 is the number of spaces from the start space to home in a game of Parcheesi. For our British listeners, that is what the Americans call Ludo. We call that Ludo. I grew up thinking they were called board games because we played them when we was bored. So I thought they were board games for the first 15 years. Oh, of <laughs> I didn't know any better. My mother was playing... Ludo, Parcheesi with me. And do you know you can get a little cup that you shake the dice in? It's like mm -hmm. a little narrow, mm -hmm. almost like a shot glass, mm -hmm. I guess. My mother, for good luck, would just kind of, you know, suck on the end of the, the cup. And uh, then she suddenly said, oh, I've swallowed the dice. <laughs> <laughs> we had to wait 24 hours to see what she actually rolled. <laughs> it was a six and she got another go. That is the God's honest truth, I tell you. Each week, I like to read out our mailbag. I love all the letters people send me. All they the, send us letters? All the posts. Yeah, I've not shown you those. <laughs> Underwear as well, I might add. Oh. I've not. No. <laughs> You've not tried them on? No. God, it was like cheese wire. I was walking with a lisp. <laughs> I have a mailbag. We read it out every week. People post on Facebook and send me electronic mail and underwear. So I'm very grateful to electronic all underwear. Electronic that must be something. Underwear. Do you know the amount of batteries I've gone through is phenomenal. My advice is don't sit in the bath with them on. Jody in South Carolina posted this week. The chemistry with you guys is fantastic. It's something you can't fake. Are you girls faking it? Are we good? Okay. <laughs> They're faking it. My wife looks at me quizzically as I break into laughter whilst listening to you guys with my earbuds in. I say MQTA and she understands. The world can use more laughter. Thank you. That's Jody in South Carolina. Aww, so thank you for nice. that. That's sweet. Josh in Arizona says, I love the show. I hope this isn't too mean, but you should have Nathan on more often. Yay! <laughs> He says, from dust devils to racks of goats, it's always funnier when someone can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, 
Thank you. The good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away. Carolyn Michigan says this show makes me laugh and feel good like no other, especially with all the negativity going on in the world. I shall give her two points. Carol starts the show uh, Carol, good on job. two points in Michigan. James from Illinois posted the show is great. I turned at least one person onto it and I'm spreading the word. He then says, do you give fractional points? And the answer is yes. And James has now got a half. <laughs> well done, James. If you can spread, that's half more than you've got. <laughs> <laughs> if people wish to spread the word, if they wish to promote the show on Facebook, tell their friends and family about the good work that we're doing. That would be fantastic. And I will read your names out on air. Finally, Richard in New York has written a wonderful comment. This really is quite touching, actually. He says, you have no idea how much I look forward to your latest shows. Your show is a bright spot in my week. I'm going to give him 100 points for that. He then goes on to say, Heather is always awesome. Um, he's now on minus 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> he did have them, but it was very short-lived. Blink and you'll miss it. He also says that you are brilliant. So obviously, that makes me very happy. He says, I'm still trying to get over the misadventures of the Phantom Turtler. Yes, I think that leaves an indelible smear onto anyone who witnesses his heinous crimes. Those are fabulous, fabulous messages, and I love every single one. So thank you for those. If you post on our Facebook wall or you send me emails, I shall read them out. You can go to More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories, all of the photographs, all of the videos, all of the chatter, all of the talk, all of the jokes are posted on there. If you visit Twitter, you can go to Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s for the international paranormal society we currently have eighty thousand followers on twitter so many thanks to all the people that are following us on there we are on youtube i've written a book called how to be a christian psychic what the bible says about mediums healers and paranormal investigators and i've read out three chapters of that book on healing stones and crystals and meditations if you go to youtube Type in Adrian Lee and How to Be a Christian Psychic. They're there for you to listen to of free of charge. We also have our archives on SoundCloud. They go back over three years. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, all of our shows are on there. Over the last three years, you can listen to them in the car, walking the dog, in the gym, doing housework, anywhere you wish. And we're also on other platforms as well. We're on iTunes stitcher i always forget them what's the other tune ones? tune in tune in where if you can't find us you've only got yourself to blame and remember my book mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites is available on amazon and barnes and noble and all good bookshops i haven't done this for a while i'm going to read out the top 10 countries that listened to our show last week we are listened to would you believe in 190 countries Nice. That's unbelievable. I couldn't name that many. Me either. To be fair, I think that includes a lot of principalities like Monaco and the Faroe Islands. Guernsey. Guernsey and places like that. Singapore, for example. But 190 countries is pretty impressive. I couldn't name that many. Number one, the country that listens to us the most will come as no surprise, of course. It is the United States of Amoeba. Um, <laughs> second place is the United Kingdom. Third place is Canada. Four, creeping up to fourth place is the French, would you believe? I'm going nice. to have to be nice to the we, French from now we, we. on. <laughs> you got anything else to add to that? No. That's it. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Netherlands, Holland is in fifth place. Brazil 
is now into sixth place. Australia, of course. We have a lot of listeners in Australia. Japan, Sweden, Korea, number nine. And number 10, the 10th country, the most listeners we have. We've broken into the continent of Africa in Cameroon, of all places. Nice. So Cameroon, a lot of people in Cameroon listening to our show all around the world. That's remarkable. Now, we did an investigation at the weekend. Mm -hmm. We love talking about our investigations. People write to me and say, I really love when you discuss evidence and you discuss what you did with the International Paranormal Society. We went to a small town. Mm -hmm. When I say small town, it's a crossroads, a church and three buildings. Yes. It's called Beckon, B-E-C-H-Y-N. It's in Renville County, southwest Minnesota, very small town. Back in the day, of course, all these pioneer towns were thriving. Hundreds of people living there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with the collapse of the railroads and everything else, it's now a small little town of a few houses and a church. We investigated. We had permission to investigate St. Mary's Church. Yeah. This is a church that was built for the people that were Bohemian from the Czech Republic. This town is very heavily Czech yep. or Bohemian back in the day. So we had permission to investigate the church, which is still operational. We had permission to investigate the cemetery. Yeah. Very rare do you get permission to investigate a cemetery. Mm-hmm. So it's in the middle of nowhere in Renville County, southwest Minnesota. No one's going to disturb us if we're wandering around with cameras, flashlights and equipment. We can close the whole place down and we can spend as much time as we want going through the cemetery. Traditionally, I've found cemeteries to be very quiet, to be honest. Yeah. Everyone gets laid to rest. All their friends and family are there. It's a peaceful send off. Why would you hang around in the cemetery? So that's been my experiences. We also got to investigate the parsonage. So three locations. I took quite a large team with me. Heather, of course, was team leader. I want to thank, before we go any further, a big thank you to Marcy, Dean and Ashley for letting us investigate their property and they joined us. This Mm -hmm. will be, at some point, a chapter in a book. I'm looking to research and investigate sites all across the Midwest for my books. I've got a book coming out in a couple of months' time that's just gone off to the publisher to be proofread and edited called The Mysterious Midwest, and it will be part of that collection, or the second edition, if you like. So, I investigated in the church, I investigated in the cemetery. I'm going to talk about the cemetery very briefly, because something remarkable happened to me in the cemetery, and I know Heather's got some EVPs that she's going to play in a second. Mm -hmm. Exactly what I just described happened in the cemetery. I was sat there with my team, we had all the equipment, all the cameras, there was a heat lightning storm, It was a bean field. It's a very flat part of the country. Nothing was happening. Very, very quiet. And I thought to myself, we could sit here for another hour with nothing happening. Or I could get up, walk to the middle of the cemetery and see if anyone's there. So I stood up. I took my team with me. We left most of the equipment behind, apart from a notepad, a flashlight and my ghost box. And I stood in the middle of the cemetery and I said, if there's anybody here, very cliched, of course, can you direct me? to where you're buried. I'd like to see where you're buried. I said, am I facing in the right direction? And I was facing west at the time. And I'm expecting them to say, turn around. And they said, nope, you're in the right direction. It came across on the ghost box, you could hear it. And I said, thank you very much. I said, I'm gonna start walking forwards. You tell me when to stop. So I walked about 20 paces over a lot of gravestones and they shouted my name out. They went, Adrian. And I stopped and I said, well, I'm assuming that means stop. I said, you have a choice to make. The next words to come out of the ghost box, which is scanning white noise, if you recall. I said, I can either go left, I can go straight on, or I can do a right. Which way would you like me to go? And he said, right. 
So I turned right and I started walking. I said, you tell me when to stop. I went 30 paces with my team. He said, stop. I said, is this where you're buried? He said, yes. I shone my flashlight onto the gravestone. It had the name Edwin written on the gravestone with his wife. He died in 1986. I said to the ghost, so what's your name then? And he said, Edwin. That's remarkable. (laughs) And I've got all this recorded. We can play this. And I just thought that was remarkable. A ghost directed me to his grave. So you must have an awareness of where you're buried, right? Sure. And I started interviewing him. It turns out he was a farmer. He said he doesn't haunt the farm he used to live on anymore because the family that lived there aren't his family anymore. So he doesn't bother going back. I asked him what color his shirt was. And he said beige. We had a long conversation and he said his wife was with him as well. So I'm going to investigate this guy and find out a little bit more about who he is. Isn't it remarkable that a ghost directs you to where they're buried and then a chill ran down my spine when I had the flashlight on the gravestone it's three o'clock in the morning it's thundering and lightning all around us the wind's whistling through the trees the corn is swaying and he says Edwin and that's the name written on the gravestone that's a joy isn't it that is that makes me very happy the other thing I wanted to mention is we spent some time in the parsonage which again is a haunted location the lady whose bedroom that we investigated up there said that ever since she was little she felt someone was watching her there was a dark shadow in the doorway overseeing her looking at what she's doing which is a little bit creepy really isn't it Mm. if you're a young girl growing up there was a lot of emf activity around the door frame and around the closet and when i did a walkthrough several weeks before the ghost box spat out the word military so i spent some time can i just mention that it was 90 percent humidity on Saturday in southwest Minnesota sitting on the top floor of that parsonage 90% humidity it was terrible if it's any more you're drowning Mm. I'm having to swim (laughs) up the stairs and swim into the bedroom a beach ball went by I've been to India I've been to the rainforest in India the tropical rainforest in the monsoon season and it wasn't 90% humidity there when we were up there it was 95 to 100 degrees hotter than the hobs of hell yes. at two o'clock in the morning yes we were wringing out our shirts you came down with notes written down on a tablet <laughs> but it, you the, couldn't read them the paper was soggy it was. I had to dry the paper out to read it's your terrible. notes it's terrible Having said all of that, a really wet atmosphere, humidity, is really good for paranormal investigating. Sure. It helps enormously in terms of energy and manifestation. Dry, arid conditions do not help paranormal activity. It's damp basements, damp churches, damp graveyards. Electricity jumps in wet and damp yeah. conditions. But it was remarkable. On the ghost box, it came through that the gentleman was called Jim that oversaw this girl. He said he was related to her and he was wearing a Civil War uniform. And then we discovered that her great, great, great grandfather was actually called Jim. And he was around during the Civil War. He fought in the Civil War in a division for Minnesota. I think it was Company E. These are remarkable times. I love history. Mm -hmm. I love all of this evidence. You've got some EVPs for us to listen to. So Heather, talk to me about what you thought was fabulous on that investigation what were the highlights for you and we'll listen to some evps and then people can argue with us and write in and say that doesn't say that you're all a bunch of idiots well yeah well whatever (laughs) (laughs) she's used to it that's where we are yeah i think i'll start in the graveyard we also didn't have much activity just sitting there so we walked around and 
we also let it guide us to kind of where we wanted to go. It actually came up with a name. Um, it, it was like a Lubin or something is what it sounded like. And it actually led us to the headstone. On the headstone, Rose was on there, which you had actually got psychically. Yes, that was a name I got at the beginning of the investigation. Right. I wrote it down on my notepad psychically that I thought there was a rose in the building or around that site for sure. And while we were there, we actually heard this, which is actually quite frightening. I'm going to play to you what I believe is a nice scream. And this is in the cemetery? In the cemetery with nothing around. Okay. Yes, there's a lot of uh, information there. It's popping and hissing, as you'd expect. The ghost box because scanning. Because the wind, yep. Mm -hmm. And it's windy. It's outside. These are the problems you have with investigating outside anywhere in the world. It's things like wind, insects, car noises, dogs barking, and so forth. We'll play that again, but there's a high-pitch screaming sound, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And we're yeah. in the middle of nowhere. We're sat in the middle of a cornfield, miles from anywhere, at a crossroads with a church, a cemetery, and a couple of wooden houses. Right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> great just what you want to hear in a cemetery yeah in the pitch black with the lightning storms and the corn swaying that's right and the wind rustling in the trees it's a bit edgar Allan poe isn't it it is and actually the lightning storm was off in the distance and it was a full moon or pretty damn close to it the interesting thing as well is before we did the investigation renville county is not a large county and they had been experiencing terrible weather conditions there were storms all of saturday mm -hmm. night and saturday morning one of the churches in renville county like the one we was investigating an old pioneer church actually got hit by lightning and oh. caught fire and they lost the church yeah. there's video footage of it on facebook mm -hmm. if you type in church renville county fire you'll see the footage people have put up there but this church i mean it breaks my heart as a historian this pioneer church that very morning in renville county like the one we was investigating got hit by lightning caught light and was completely destroyed so i don't know what god's trying to tell us there but when you walk into a church, you normally catch fire, don't you? I that is true. I stand behind mm -hmm. you with a fire blanket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one I'm going to actually play for you, uh, the last two, actually came from the church. Yeah. It actually gave us a name, and then it gave us where he's from. And this is a big church, by the way. This yeah. isn't a small it's church. Echoey. Yeah, there's a lot of echo. There's a huge altar, all carved, ornately, fabulous yeah, wooden beautiful. carvings, mm -hmm. all bohemian stained glass windows. We're not messing around here. This isn't a small provincial church, even right. though the town is now smaller than it used to be. This right. is a fairly big-sized church. I mean, sure. downstairs, they had an eating area and uh, kitchens. There was a balcony area. I mean, it's yep. a fairly reasonably large church. So it's going to be very echoey, but you're asking the gentleman for his name at this stage. Yep, sure am. Here we go. If you can give me a name so we can do some sort of a research to find out about you and your family, it would help me immensely. Can you give me a name? That sounded like it said Gustav. It did say Gustav. Yeah. I mean, you can hear that you're in a church, obviously. It's glaringly obvious you're in a church there. But you ask who was present. And of course, there's a big German, Bohemian, Bavarian population right. in that town. And he clearly says, when you ask him for his name, Gustav. So let's have one more listen to that. Okay. If you can give me a name so we can do some sort of a research to find out about you and your family, it would help me immensely. Can you give me a name? 
I just said Gustav. So you hear Gustav coming through, but you then started to interview him. You then started to ask him yes. other questions. So yep. what have you got next? I actually asked him where he was from, so... This was his response. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me where Gustav was from? It actually says it twice. It does. It mm-hmm. actually says Dusseldorf. And then there's a pause, and it says Dusseldorf again, twice in a row. Yeah, in two different voices. And of course, Dusseldorf's in Germany. I actually got my car wrecked in Dusseldorf. I was driving back from lecturing in Vienna in Austria, and I was driving back on the Autobahn through Dusseldorf, and a Scandinavian truck driver, semi-driver, drove into my car and tore the side of the car off like a tin of sardines. It was the worst insurance nightmare, because it was a Scandinavian truck driver for a Scandinavian company. He was Dutch. The incident took place in Germany, and my insurance company was English. Everything had to be translated into four languages. It took forever. It was the worst thing that could have happened to me at that time. But that was in Dusseldorf. That's my memory of Dusseldorf. But let's have a listen to that again. Gustav actually says where he comes from, and he says it twice. Can you tell me where Gustav was from? And that was in Renville County, that's in southwest Minnesota, in a town called Beckon, B-E-C-H-Y-N. That was in St. Mary's Church. And again, thank you to Marcy, Dean and Ashley for allowing us onto their property. If people wish to look for the history of Renville County, there's an amazing historical society in Malton, if people wish to look that up. And again, my team is the International Paranormal Society, that's Int Paranormal dot net there is a show we are running into the round stumbling around the gravestones flashlight in hand wind whistling around her hair the sounds of girls screaming distantly in the corn this is the round of ghosts and hauntings carol's on two james is on a half and the rest of us are yet to score this chilling video that appears to show a woman ghost following a man into the back of a taxi has left the internet freaked out That does take some doing when you actually see what is on the internet. The black and white CCTV footage shows a passenger waiting for a taxi at night in a near deserted area. But when he walks towards the vehicle, the back door suddenly bursts open and a ghostly figure appears out of nowhere. The man seems oblivious to the spiritual presence with long black hair standing just inches behind him. He then slams the taxi door shut and it appears to go straight through the mystery woman. The creepy clip has racked up tens of thousands of views on YouTube. Other taxi drivers around the world have reported spooky happenings in the back of their cabs. Well, they have to explain away all the ectoplasm, don't they? With at least seven in Japan having experienced a phantom fare after the area was hit by a devastating tsunami in 2011, they start the meter and ask for the destination, to which the customer gives a strange response. Either then, or sometimes later, the driver turns around to address the man or the woman, but they have vanished. This is because it is claimed they were ghost passengers who were killed in the disaster five years ago. This is like the reverse of the scene in Ghostbusters, where the guy gets into the New York cab, 
and the decomposed body starts driving the cab away. Do you remember that? The taxi cab? Yes. Doesn't it come up the exhaust pipe out of the subway, if my memory serves me right? I don't remember. If people wish to see the chilling video CCTV footage of a ghostly woman that appears to walk through the taxi cab door when the gentleman slams it shut, they're more than welcome to go to. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, all of tonight's stories are there for you to look at. I shall give myself two points for being spooky and informative. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Well, I have paranormal investigators claim to have communicated with ghosts at a 17th century home in Wrexham and even caught one on camera. There's not many people like it up the Wrexham. (laughs) (laughs) It's a grim place. It's in Wales. I wouldn't be there on a Friday and Saturday night drinking, debauchery, hedonism. Fabulous. Ghost hunting group Plaztag Paranormal. Plaztag. It's catchy, isn't it? I think so. And more than a dozen guests, including the Daily Post, encountered some strange goings-on during a late-night investigation at Pennyland Hall near... Reuben. Okay, Reuben. I think so. Yes, I thought that was weird. It's a bit anchor man, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to pour me a nice slow drink and eat me a Reuben. <laughs> <laughs> the image captured by investigator Marcus Reed Edwards shows what appears to be the spirit of a man in one of the downstairs windows. I saw the picture and it's matrixing. I'm sorry. So you've bunked your own story. I bunked it. That's got to be minus points. (laughs) Straight off the bat, you've shot yourself in the foot there, haven't you, really? Uh, The investigation. That saves me saying it. So you're going to carry on. You've said the whole thing's bunk and utter tosh. I just said the picture was. Okay. There's more. There's more bunk. There's more. The investigation begins in the dining room, and it's not long before Marcus tells the group that there are two female spirits called Annette and Catherine in the room, and also a man. No, it was Miss Scarlet in the dining room. Was she holding lead piping by any chance, or the dagger? According to Marcus, Annette recalls choking at the table that the group has sat around. Soon after, and I had to chuckle, the sound of music can be heard playing through one voice recording machines for several seconds. The hills are alive. By the light of the silvery moon, I want That's the to wrong song. What, how do you know what they're playing? How do you know? You can't beat Ada Johnson. Her hits of 1913 are right up there. Later, the group heads upstairs into one of the bedrooms where the spirit of a young boy was photographed by another paranormal group. Yes, Isn't Ma and Pa. I think so. They've had the box set of ghost adventures and now they're demonologists and they've run off with some electrician's tools and a broken radio and all's good in the world. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. The machines begin to make strange noises and guests decide to start a Ouija board session oh yes <laughs> which came up with results that made guests gasp <gasps> wow <laughs> the last one sounded like the heimlich maneuver but i'm no expert <laughs> the spirits also successfully answered questions including where they were from what age they were what house number they lived at and the girl's cat's name waffles isn't that special? that's useful historical information mm, isn't I it thought so. what about can you see us is there anyone with you? Doesn't matter. Does the house look like it did when you were alive? No. What's the name of your cat? Waffles needs some nip. Waffles needs nip. <laughs> the Plastag Paranormal team felt that these three spirits stayed the whole night and communicating with the group in the sitting room. Hang on a second. The, mm-hmm. Waffles are fairly recent in terms of culinary history. I don't think waffles were knocking around 100 years ago, but I'm happy to be corrected. Mm-hmm. I thought the Belgian waffle 
the inventor of the waffle. Not many interesting things come from Belgium. I'm just saying. Hercule Poirot, Tintin, Muscles. Waffles. Waffles. Mm-hmm. If you've got a cat called Waffles, I'm guessing that's not a very old cat and these ghosts aren't from that long ago. This isn't the 17th century here, is it? Is where I, we're going. I if they've got a cat called reply. Waffles, I'm going to have to do know. some research and find out when the waffle was invented. But it doesn't end at the Ouija board. It does. There's more. There's more. Despite the fact that you said this was bunk two minutes ago. It's bunkum. Bunkum. Yes. The group also attempted table tipping. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Which is when a spirit is encouraged to use their energy to move a table. And eventually the table was tipped. So it was only on one leg. One legged. One-legged table. There's been moments in my life where I've had a nice romantic meal. Candles, roses. Not very tasty, but plenty of nourishment. Last time I'm invited back to that (laughs) restaurant. Of course, both the Ouija board and table tipping aren't scientific methods. Who knew? I know, right? And any movement could have been made unintentionally or even deliberately. Who knew? Do you remember when we found... A mummified cat in the crawl space. I have a picture of it. Under the Manterville Theatre in Minnesota. Did the you Manterville. Keep it? No, no, we didn't. I was tempted to pour a glass a mummified cat. Mm-hmm. Well, like an Egyptian. Yeah. It was kinda of like cat jerky. It was a bit I was gonna get a glass of water, rehydrate it, and see if I could bring it back to life using reanimation techniques and electricity. But I, I thought, love that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what movies were they bringing a cat back to life? The reanimator. The reanimator. You're working in areas I hadn't previously been aware of. Oh, movie night. Movie night. The reanimator. Movie Mm. night. Human centipede. No. Okay, just me. That's ridiculous. I think a cat called Waffles is ridiculous. I think Ouija boards are ridiculous. I think table tipping is ridiculous. And I'm going to give you minus two for saying (sighs) in the first few paragraphs of that story that it was utter bunk, tosh, a rum go, the giddy limit, and then you carry on regardless, plowing through. Wow. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I have scary CCTV footage capturing a ghost child wandering up and down a street. Not in a cemetery by any chance. No. In a street. Just wandering around, playing with Ghostbusters action figures. Mm -hmm. He's looking for one. He's looking for one. That's Mm. a trigger object, isn't he? You can put toys out for, for ghostly children. Not even they would play with them. Not even ghostly dead children <laughs> would play. You really have a downer on this film. I've never known anyone be so unhappy about the release of a film. Every time you open your mouth, plants wither. <laughs> Honest to God, the wallpaper's peeling off the walls in the studio. Nathan's getting grey hair. One on the, one and on... he doesn't even have hair. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> One to the left and one to the right was where I was going to (laughs) go. Ghostly children walking Mm -hmm. the streets, madam. Yes, a man filmed chilling footage of what he believes is the ghostly figure of a child walking up and down the street outside his house. Recorded on a security camera attached to his home in the UK, Ian Hawke managed to capture the ghostly apparition. In the spooky clip, a figure of what Ian believes is a child ghost is seen moving around the road. Ian said he believes that the child is playing in the street and was not scared when he saw the footage. It's Pokemon. (laughs) Oh, he's looking for Pokemon. That's right. 
Oh, wouldn't it be great if there was an app that actually had ghosts on it and you could walk the streets looking for the ghosts would be better than Pokemon, surely? That's what we do anyway. I know, but that's like a ghost radar, isn't it? That'd be great if you they could walk the streets. They have it already. I wasn't there quick enough. I know a ghost radar <laughs> exists, but it doesn't show street maps, does it? You can't go wandering around. You're full of and vinegar tonight, aren't you? Yes. You've had sugar, haven't you? Coffee. Okay. I know it'd be, it'd be one or the other. <laughs> And how many sugars did you put in your coffee? Half a cup. <gasps> so you haven't had sugar, but you've had a coffee with half a cup of sugar in it. Oh, it? yeah. <laughs> your pupils have dilated. Look at, look at her. She sat there shaking. <laughs> like a gremlin. Come on. Who got her wet after 12 o'clock? <laughs> no, don't answer that. <laughs> That's terrible. So, characters walking around dead mm-hmm. in the street. It's, yeah, the bloke believes that his home is haunted, and he said he is even hoping to hire a medium to see what paranormal activity can be found. Last year, a full-time Ghostbuster recorded chilling footage of a black-eyed child ghost roaming about in some woods in Staffordshire, and the marshy countryside of Cannock Chase became notorious for sightings of the infant ghoul. That was very Vincent Price, wasn't it? I was expecting her to say the word thriller at the end. Very impressive. You're gaining points as we speak. You're now on a hefty one. Yes. That brings to an end the round of ghosts and hauntings. I have two points. Heather's on minus two. Michelle's on one. Carol's in the lead with two tied with myself and James is on a hefty half point. We move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. UFO hunters claim to have discovered an alien city in the Gulf of California using Google Earth. According to a blog post on UFO sightings daily, the 76-mile-long city can be seen 45 miles away from the Mexican coast, measuring at 2.4 miles wide. Eerie footage showing the Google Earth discovery was uploaded by YouTube user Mexico Geek on the video sharing site. The video starts with a Google Earth view of the planet before zooming into the Gulf of California, then pinpointing where the alleged base could be. A blogger on the site said the chances of this being an intellectual made structure I put at 100%. This needs exploring with some RC sub-drones. I'm sure anyone could make one or buy one, but making one would be cheaper. Let's make an RC sub-drone. I've got a GoPro and an empty can of Pringles. I think we're halfway there. This has to be explored, guys. It has to be. He also suggested that the Discovery Channel... Natural Geographic or the History Channel should fund a trip to the spot if people wish to see the 76-mile-long city just off the coast of Mexico. They can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee, and that story is there for you to see with all of the fabulous colour photographs. Miss Morris, what do you have for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I'm going to Brainerd. You're going to Brainerd. Ooh, That's quite close Brainerd, to us. Brainerd, Minnesota. Not a million miles away, is it, really? A couple of hours in the car? Yes. Well, people were using a lakeside bike trail in central Minnesota. They might expect to encounter, you know, some wildlife along the way, but certainly not an alligator. An alligator. Yes. That's going to be cold in the winter. That's a cold-blooded animal. It's minus 40 here in the winter. Yes. 
So that's going to have thermal underwear. That's going to have yes. a nice little den with a radiator and some I think so. And He's quilt. got it made. That's remarkable. <laughs> Someone's let that go at some point. Well, the Crow Wing County Sheriff's Lieutenant Joe Myers Department was called upon to capture an alligator Saturday afternoon on a trail southwest of Brainerd. Myers says it was a department first. Really? I was the first. I hope so. What did it taste like? <laughs> that be one of them Minnesota alligators, boy. <laughs> he tells the Star and Tribune his deputies weren't keen to volunteer to capture the three foot alligator. Oh, it's three foot, is it? Mm-hmm. So at least half of that is going to be tail. So what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about is a tadpole on steroids, in effect, oh, isn't God. it? Oh, <laughs> God. The reptile was especially aggressive, apparently, so the department asked... It'd been drinking. It spent all afternoon (laughs) in the bar. That's right. Don't serve that alligator anymore. Look at his eyes. They're glassy. He's looking for a fight. (laughs) So the department actually asked the the nearby Safari North Wildlife Park to help trap the reptile. I didn't know we had a Safari... Wildlife Park. park. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. You could look at hordes of gophers roaming the Serengeti Plains as they're being stalked by and squirrels and squirrels squirrel watchers usa gangs of delinquent squirrels (laughs) hanging around on street corners as you drive your safari jeep smoking cigarettes through the prairie with a big blow horn well (laughs) flattery will get you points you're now on two (laughs) meyer says the alligator was probably an escaped or illegally released pet and uh, they took a photo with the alligator, a nice selfie, but only after its mouth was taped shut. No comment. Okay. Don't do it. I can mm. imagine you reading a story going, what do, you, what do you mean in Minnesota? You mean Thanks. with a gorilla? Thanks. And there was a squirrel involved. Thanks. That's funny right there. That's a joy, isn't it? I've got a very similar story to that, actually. The mystery of the Beast of Dartmoor might finally have been solved and me claims three pumas were released there by circus owner Mary Chipperfield. Pumas for us Americans. You say puma, I say puma. Let's call the whole thing off. I'm sure people worked out what I meant. There might be some that watch Ghostbusters that really didn't understand what you meant. So when I say the word, three big cats have been released, and I say they're pumas, there's not a single person listening to this show in America that turns to his wife and says... What's a puma? And she says, There could be. He means puma. And they're thinking, Oh, now I understand. Now the whole thing makes sense. I've been an idiot. What was I thinking? It could be like the squirrel situation. Believe you stopped me to tell our listeners what a puma is. Yes, a puma. I'm like, Stop doing it. It's almost bordering on racism. I'm guessing they get that. Mm-hmm. If I've got a story with a tomato in it, you're not jumping in and saying it's tomato. Toma- oh, God, no! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Shocking. The mystery of the Beast of Dartmoor may finally have been solved due to three tomatoes released there into the wild <laughs> after decades of rumours about big cats roaming the moors and savaging livestock. The former owner of Dartmoor Zoo says three pumas. <laughs> Due to arrive there, went missing nearly four decades ago. Benjamin Mee, owner of the zoo, said he was expecting a delivery of five pumas 
<laughs> after Plymouth Zoo was forced to close down in 1978, its owner Mary Chipperfield of the famous circus family is thought to have released her favourite breeding pair into the wild rather than surrender them to another zoo. Mr. Me, who bought the Dartmoor Zoo in 2006, said there were lots of rumours and many different stories about how they got out. Some say they were released from the old zoo, either by mistake or on purpose. We just don't know. Why others say whilst they were being transported here, they just escaped. I have no knowledge of the circumstances, but at the time, there were three pumas that should have... <laughs> see, I'm acclimating. Should have been here at Dartmoor Zoo and were not. This is the longest game of hide-and-seek in the history of the animal world. Yeah. This is what's taken place here. When they arrived, the zoo's previous owner, Ellis Dorr, told me there were only two pumas in the consignment. <laughs> You've ruined this story for me. You've taken all the joy and excitement. You squash my stories like flat Coca-Cola. All the excitement and all the joy has been removed. Why? Because you like saying pumas. It's a puma, I tell it's you. Puma. It's always funny and amusing, isn't it, when an American corrects your English? Squirrel. <laughs> Mary Chipperfield told Ellis she had broken down and that somehow three of the pumas had escaped. <laughs> we think she let them out on the moor. I'm just popping out to have a wee in those bushes. I'll be back in a minute, I promise. She wasn't even obliged to report it because releasing exotic species wasn't illegal until 1981. There, I just like your alligator story. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the rounds of UFOs and cryptozoology? I have a UFO cover-up claim surrounding a NASA live feed. The internet has been awash with claims that NASA is covering up evidence of UFOs in Earth's orbit. The live feeds, which stream some truly spectacular views outside of the International Space Station, might seem innocuous enough. But according to conspiracy theorists, this week these streaming cameras are being conveniently disabled whenever a UFO happens to be passing by. Oh, that's This is nice. a common theme for NASA. When anything exciting happens, the plug gets pulled, mm, is what yep. tends to take place. The bizarre claim stems from footage recorded on July 9th, which shows an unidentified object, which is most likely a meteor, appearing in frame just moments before the feed dropped out. There is swooped on the incident, claiming that it showed strong evidence to suggest that we are being visited by extraterrestrials, and that NASA is going out of its way to cover it up. Unsurprisingly, however, the feed dropping out is not actually all that unusual or remarkable. Fabulous. That's true. It is true. We now run into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. I'm on five points, Heather's on three, Michelle's on four, Carol's on two, and James is coming in last on a resplendent half integer. I have a strange and bizarre story that says, Meet Rocky the orangutan, the giant ape, who has learned to talk like a human. The eight-year-old primate has astounded scientists by copying words and reproducing them in a conversational context. Like Puma. Oh! <laughs> you were doing so well. The researchers asked Rocky to play a game where he mimicked the tone and pitch of human vowel sounds, comparing Rocky's emissions against a large database of recordings of wild and captive orangutans showed they were markedly different. Rocky was able to learn new sounds and control the action of his voice in the way humans do when they conduct a conversation, the scientists concluded. They believe Rocky could be the key to understanding how human speech evolved. He has now been booked to be your guest on more questions and answers next Friday <laughs> to replace Heather Morris. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I've only got to pay in peanuts. Uh, lead, uh, lead researcher Dr. Adriano Lameria from the University of Durham said it's not clear how spoken language evolved from the communication systems of the ancestral great apes. Instead of learning new sounds, it has been presumed that sounds made by great apes are driven by arousal over which they have no control. But our research proves that orangutans have the potential capacity to control the action of their voices. This opens up the potential for us to learn more about the vocal capabilities of early hominids that lived before the split between the orangutan and human lineages to see how the vocal systems evolved towards full-blown speech in humans. Rocky was studied at Indianapolis Zoo in the US where he still lives in a condo and has a part-time job as a night clerk for the Super 8 Motel. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Morris, what do you have tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? Something better than yours. Well, let me be the judge of that. (laughs) And I'm in charge of points, so it's going to be pretty poor for you. Man cooking urine causes evacuation at North Amherst apartment complex. Evacuation. Uh. Complete evacuation. Evacuation. This is a man cooking his wee-wee. He cooked it. What's he making? Is he making a broth of some description? Smoothie. It's bouillon. It's a smoothie. It's a wee smoothie. Wee smoothie. It's a little tart, isn't it? Yes, a bit salty. Yes, that wouldn't be yours, would it, with the amount of sugar you're drinking? That's very true. It's coming out like syrup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. He's cooking wee wee. Can you cook liquids or is he literally just warming it up? You warm through. You don't cook beans, do you? Like baked beans, you warm them through. You warm a soup. You don't cook a soup, do you, unless you're making it from scratch. He was Surely cooking Surely he's warming wee-wee through. He's boiling he's it. He's heating wee-wee. Yes. It's simmering. Yes. Okay. Urine, not chemicals, forced the evacuation of a dozen units at the Brandywine apartment complex Wednesday night. Apartment officials called police about an odor coming from one of the 12 units on Wednesday afternoon. Really? An odour? I've got to say, I'm no chemist, but if you're boiling wee-wee, surely the water's evaporating and you're gaining quite a concentration at that point. Ooh, a you're, syrup, you're, you're a wee con- syrup? Yes, you'd have to add water. Just add water. Makes Concentrated wee? Yes, this is where we are. Like toffee. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. When firefighters entered the apartment, they saw what appeared to be chemicals being mixed or cooked on the stove. The state hazardous materials response team and bomb squad. No, he didn't. He wasn't cooking that. Don't go there. Quick, turn the gas down. (laughs) My wee wee's catching. (laughs) Uh, They investigated after clearing the building. But police said Thursday morning that the chemical was actually distilled urine. I said it was distilled. It's concentrated. He was using it for medical reasons. Oh, yes. Yes, no mosquitoes have come near him in a week. Yes. Or, or human anything. beings, anything. <laughs> Nothing's come near nothing, him. Nothing, nothing. And so no charges are actually being brought at this time, but because it's not against the law. No, it's to, not illegal uh, to boil one's wee-wee. No, everybody should do it. And aren't you glad, Michelle, that we... Aren't making oh you drink wee-wee God. tonight. <laughs> no. If we drank wee-wee on the show, no. do we drink our own or each other's? I just want to see what the rules are for that. Oh, oh. we make a cocktail. Uh, oh, it's everyone's wee. Everyone's wee. Everyone. And mine's sweet. Yes, yeah, so it's going to sink to the bottom. We know which wee-wee's yours because it'll be the one that's like oil and water. <laughs> it'll sink to the bottom, won't it? I loves it. You loves wee-wee? <laughs> I'm not quite sure where this is going, but rest assured, 
I'm scared. I am genuinely concerned. I'll bring the refreshments next week. Oh, Mountain oh. Dew, anyone? <laughs> I, have, I have plants. <laughs> Mellow Yellow River. <laughs> yellow River, Yellow River. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Strange and the Bazaar? It's not cooking defecation by any chance, is it? Oh, yes. Oh, it is. Okay, I'm pleased to hear that. It's about the first poo theme. It is. It's poo. <laughs> What's wrong with you two? It's set to open in Canada. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the restroom restaurant will be the first for a city that is renowned for its varied and international culinary scene. So you're sat on the toilet eating your dinner. Is this where we're going? No, no. it's dessert. No, it's dessert. Death by chocolate. <laughs> it's dessert. It's dessert. You're not sitting on a toilet eating. You're. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, see? We'll see. <laughs> That'll teach you to tell me what I'm thinking. I don't Thank think you. they're operational, but you're getting, I haven't you're, been there. It's not operational. <laughs> so if you defecate, it's just sat there. It's not going, It's not slithering away, is it? You take it to go. You take it to mm. go. That cheesecake's sticking to the roof of my mouth. That's quite rich. Oh. <sighs> Who takes a day to sit on the toilet? You could stare into someone's eyes and listen to the faint sounds of defecation. As you're squeezing one out. Bubbling. Do you have to squeeze? Mine are nice and soft and spongy. They just fall out. You're squeezing, <laughs> are you? Dead it's like man's rabbit grip. turds. Oh, no. <laughs> TMI. Pellets. <laughs> flicking them around. La, so la, we've la, la, la. Shooting marbles. We've learned tonight a lot about your functions. We've learned that your wee-wee is pretty much syrup and you're putting it on pancakes. And you're now telling me you're playing marbles with defecation. You can carve them. Carve them? <laughs> Turdopolis. Oh. Wow. I got craps. <laughs> you're, you're making dice out of them. Look, she's rolled snake eyes. <laughs> We started the show discussing my mother swallowing a dice, so everything's coming full circle. That's right. In many respects. This is meant to be a serious show about the week's news of the paranormal. I'm serious about being funny. We can't. <laughs> well, when you decide to implement those rules, you'd be sure to let me know, won't you? Oh. Michelle, help All me right. out. Okay. In Toronto, a city crammed full of fine restaurants famous chefs and innovative dining ventures it would be difficult for anyone to create a new fad oh but one george brown college graduate is hoping george brown yeah okay i see where we are is hoping her poop cafe dessert bar will cause the next big stink great mm-hmm. nice it's opening mid-august in koreatown and the cafe will offer an all-brown menu in the shape of human stools that's just what Yay! you need, isn't it? Yeah. Stick a candle in it, it's your birthday. I'm trying to make poop cute. Look, I've made a dinosaur. <laughs> I've made a stegosaurus out of mine. We'll bake it in the oven and call it good. Mother's Day is next year, just around mm. the corner. We'll get a whole collection of dinosaurs mm. together. Yeah. We're going to make Jurassic Park a tableau. We'll have moss, little miniature trees, and we'll make a whole series of dinosaurs from our poop. I'm trying to make poop cute is what the owner explained to the Toronto Star. 
She said she first discovered the concept when she was visiting her mother in Taiwan a few years ago. I can see where she came up with that. That's an obvious connection, Mm, of of course. course, We checked out a toilet-themed restaurant, and I just loved it, she said. That would save time if you were having sushi, wouldn't it? There's many a slip to its cup and lip. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Here we go. Diners will sit on fake toilets and eat their food out of lavatory and urinal-shaped dishes. That's just what you want, isn't it? On your Mm. special anniversary, Mm -hmm. your once-in-a-lifetime night out, first date. I can see that happening. Would you date someone? Would you give them a second date if for the first date they took you on a defecation-themed restaurant? Would there be a second date? It depends if he was cute. Yeah, Michelle's not fussy. <laughs> She's... Yeah. Yeah. He'd, Sausage, he'd... dirt, Perfect. toilet, yeah. restaurant. You'd be around you the know, back you of... You got me You'd now. be around the back of Kentucky Fried Chicken where the dustbins are and the dumpsters and you'd be happy. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. You have one last story in the round tonight of the strange and the bizarre. We've had wee-wee. We've had defecation. We're going out with a... Mm, cockroach. A cockroach. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring this full circle for Michelle as well, since we're kind of missing the beans and we're missing the bacon soda. We never forced her to eat anything miserable so far. Not yet. I, could, I could rustle up a glass no, of my own no, wee-wee. It's, I'm good. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> but I do have something for us to try. You do. Yep. Cockroach milk. It's the new it's the new health drink. How does one milk a cockroach? I don't Do know. they have nipples? I don't know. It's no good doing the signs, Michelle. No one can see. <laughs> you can pretend to milk something very small as much as you want. I will. But here's the here's the kicker. We're on the radio. No one can see us. <laughs> For the benefit of our listener in Canada, Michelle is doing the actions for milking a small beetle. And I never thought I'd ever say that on the radio. That's a first for me. How many do you have to squeeze? How many make a pint? I don't know. New research suggests that cockroaches produce milk that is three times more nutritious than cow's milk. Believe it or not. I'm not, I'm not, it's true. Cockroach milk. Cockroach milk. It might not sound particularly appetizing. I mean that's true. But the milk from one particular subspecies of cockroach is actually chock full of protein thanks to special crystals that can be found inside its stomach. You're not putting it on your cornflakes, though. This is where we are. This isn't going to try. Well, you don't wake up in the morning and think, I know, I'll have a cup of tea, squeeze me a cockroach, and <gasps> while you're there, squirt a bit on me Cocoa Pops. Billy Bob, did you go milk those cockroaches today? <laughs> Back in Cardiff, I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they were wondering if it is actually really possible to milk a darn cockroach, at least enough to feed humanity. They're not actually really sure. Could Whether- you just suck on one? Would that help? That'd be oh, like a milksicle. Oh, disgusting. How's, how am I disgusting? <laughs> You've spent the last 20 minutes talking about pee and poo. And all I do is chip in at the last knockings and say you could suck a cockroach. <laughs> that sounds like you're telling someone Ooh, off. There. Oh, I'm glad you said roach. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna kick some ass babies. <laughs> Give me some nachos. <laughs> That's terrible. We're gonna be taken off air. And I blame Michelle fully 100% for this. Uh, you're gonna be replaced by the pickle next week. Pickle? I was thinking the orangutan. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. <sighs> 
We now enter the final round of the evening. It is called Not For Your Mother. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, she needs to be removed. If there's small children or minors in the room, they need to be shuffled off to bed. Miss Morris, what have you got for me first in the round of Not For Your Mother? You like our tattoos, don't you? I have one or two tattoos. This is true. Yes. Well, do you like the yin-yang symbol? A lot of people get that, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the black and thing. the white, a couple of tadpoles swimming harmony. together in perfect harmony. Yeah. A woman reportedly asked a tattooist to draw a yin-yang symbol on her back, only to discover he had instead created an image of a penis alongside the word rhymes with buck. Easy mistake to make. Yes. She should have pointed to the one she wanted in the book. The yes. yin-yang symbol is very difficult to tattoo because you need a perfect circle. And there's such a block of black. It looks like a cover-up, doesn't it? it That's does. what you use for mm-hmm. a cover-up, isn't it? Yep. An Austrian court heard the 21-year-old woman ask the man who was a hobby tattooist. Oh, that yeah. should be your first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've got a friend. Of, his name's Dave. He's a friend of me cousins. And he's got mm-hmm. the kit and he knows what to do. And if you buy him a bottle of Jack Daniels, he'll knock you out a tat. Yeah, yeah. And so he had... Love and hat, because he had a finger missing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she had asked him to draw the the Chinese symbol on her. He reportedly said he was happy to do so and actually designed the template for her. And she said, yeah, it's great. How did that go wrong? I'm assuming he knew this woman. Yep. And she's not too friendly. No. Yeah, I think so. so. So once he began applying the ink to her back, he apparently disregarded the template. And really? And really? Freestyled. <laughs> <laughs> to, be fa- to be fair, it did have a good variation of thickness of line and some of the veins were quite impressive. <gasps> the shading was wonderful. It was. There was this a full... 3D looked like it was coming at you. Yep. Very lifelike. Poking you in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's been licking her back for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, so he draw the impromptu phallic symbol on her and the swear word. The woman reportedly only realized what he had done when she got home and looked into the mirror. Now, the funny part about this is... There's a funny part? Yeah, the judge asked him why he did it. He said, mm, just because. Just because. And I want a twig and berries and the F word, please. Yes, please, please. And so uh, the judge decided that he gets three and a half years in jail that's an assault that's like actual bodily harm at that point isn't it and he actually will be held in a facility for people with mental illness so so when you have a tattoo check they're not an amateur (laughs) have a look at their mental health record double check the drawing double Double check check the the drawing drawing. (laughs) before we go any further ladies would you like to see my yin yang I would, but can you grab the magnifying glass while we're doing it? Controversial. It's just a little harmony. I have (laughs) the phone number of the orangutan called Rocky. Things can easily (laughs) be turned around. This is where we are. What a joy. Lap dances at a West Virginia strip club will help pay for flood relief. Really? Surely it will make it worse. The Blue Parrot. Do you fancy going to the Blue Parrot? Probably not. The Blue Parrot Cabaret Club in Morgantown is offering the lap dances for charity from Wednesday through to Saturday. The club plans to donate portions of the proceeds for flood relief efforts in hard 
hit southern West Virginia. I saw what you did there. Don't go on Thursday morning would be my advice. <gasps> Heather's mother's gyrating to the sounds of pour some sugar on me and some things can't be unseen. Oh, no. Lap dances cost $20 per song with payments accepted by cash or credit card. Where do you put the credit card? Club. <laughs> I think they've got one of those. <laughs> Just question. <laughs> Just in case we go, we need to you, know. You need to put your PIN number in. <laughs> club co-owner John Barron said in a telephone interview Tuesday that the club hasn't determined yet which charity will get the money. Erectile dysfunction. That would yeah. be my advice. Any yeah. thoughts on a charity that... I heard their heart up. Save the badger. Baron said, <laughs> reaction to the promotion, so far has been positive. The club also will accept donations for anyone who doesn't want to see the girls dance. Wow. I've seen the girls dance. Just take my deposit. Floods in late June killed at least 23 people in West Virginia. Baron said a friend's mother lives in Greenbrier County where 15 people died. Baron said the floods triggered memories of the November 1985 floods that remained the state's costliest natural disaster with more than $570 million worth of damage plus 47 dead. Do you see in America they put the costly most amount of damage in this state and then went with the number first rather than the 47 dead. This is typical, isn't it? With more than $570 million in damages. Oh, and 47 dead. These are the people of our state. We want to help them, Baron said. We feel that the people down in the southern part of the state need all the help they can get. Ain't that true? In the past, the club has conducted holiday food and toy collections for local charities. Toy there types are- of toys. Children's toys. Oh. They're probably disappointing. disappointing for everyone. Yeah. Look, there's a Kate McKinnon action figure. There are probably a lot of people in the state who may not necessarily like what we do. But at the end of the day, we are all West Virginians, Baron said. And we are going to help everyone we can. Take me home, country roads, to the place I belong. West Virginia, I've seen your mama. Take me home. (laughs) Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I get to tell you about a woman who claims a toy sexually assaulted her. And it was not the What type of toy? I don't know, but she made a smoothie with it afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, a woman said that she was sexually assaulted when a toy squirted water on her face. What kind of toy is this? What are, we're going into a world I don't even know about. I wasn't aware of any such thing. This is remarkable. While dining with her family at Wasabi Japanese Steakhouse. Nice. She's dining out with her family yes. and a toy squirts water in her face. The woman said the unusual toy sprayed her in the face. The toy looks like a boy. And when its toy pants are lowered, it looks <laughs> like the figure is urinating. What is it with you and Wee Wee tonight? What's wrong with the pair of you? <laughs> Can't help it. Can't yeah. be helped. <laughs> that is true. Once you start, it's difficult yeah. to stop, mm. isn't it? Yeah. It peed on me, basically, Isabel Lassiter said. Lassiter and her husband were visiting Tennessee from Texas, and they said they were horrified when the hibachi chef sprayed water from the toy on her. Oh. It was in front of our minor children and grandchildren. Everyone see the boy urinating. Yeah. I've seen these toys. I think my granddad used to have one. He would just yeah. top his trousers and do a wee-wee. That's hilarious. Fun for all the family. Right. That's great. 
They were so upset, they called the police and cited assault. Oh, it was a sexual assault on my wife, James really? Lasseter said. Really? Mm-hmm. I can't believe that crap. Police noted that the toy wasn't anatomically correct, but the Lasseter said that that does not matter. What? Just because someone cut off a piece of plastic, okay, not there anymore, doesn't change the fact that you're getting peed on. I thought everything in Texas was bigger. Mm, This is in Tennessee. I thought everything in Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were from Texas, if that helps. Okay. I thought that's where I went wrong. Mm. It all begins with T, doesn't it? It's easily confused. And Miss Morris, you've got the last story of the entire show. It's about a willy, isn't it? I'm guessing. Nope. No Willy stories tonight. Are we still nope. on the theme of wee wee? Well, you have to th- if you have to think about it. <laughs> well, it's kind of around that area. Is it okay? We're oh. going to Casper, Wyoming. Casper, Wyoming. Yeah. Where the friendly ghost comes from. During a routine traffic stop early Thursday morning, police noticed several eyeballs slide from the right pant leg of Roy Tilbutt, fifty-one, onto the road. An eyeball. Several. Came down his pants. Several. And dribbled onto the road. Correct. So that everyone saw. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) They quickly drew their guns and cuffed Tilbot, thinking he might be a potential serial killer. Drunk in charge of an eyeball. No, 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 Tilbot said with a chuckle. They're not human. Oh, that makes it okay. Mm. I normally ride my bicycle with pig's eyeballs in my knickers. They were cow eyeballs, of course, which he had pilfered from the slaughterhouse where he was employed as a butcher and kept in his butt for safekeeping. As you do. I often think to myself, what am I going to do with these cow eyeballs? I know, I'll just pop a couple up. (laughs) They'll be fine by the time I get them. I'd like to go... And see. And you know, you think it gets bad when the eyeballs are rolling down his pant leg, right? I would stick a Kyle's eyeball up my bottom and give a heart attack to a proctologist. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back. I'd be laid out. I'd be... And then what do you say? Can you see anything? It's when he turns around and says, you're really going to need to trust me. I'm sorry. Oh, no. That would be t- I don't remember eating that. <gasps> You'd be keeping an eye on him. Uh, oh, that's terrible again. What's wrong with you? Brown-eyed girl. La, 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 la. So, so you're thinking it's bad with the whole eyeballs. It is eyeballs. bad. Okay. It is bad. It's okay, bad. so it's bad with the eyeballs. I'm it's- happy so far that the cow was dead. Yes. It would have been worse if the cow was still alive and it had an eyeball missing. So, it's rolling down his leg, right? Yes. And you thought, well, maybe he just had the eyeballs in his pocket. But it oh, didn't. No. It was actually... In his rectal cavity. Yes. Um, I'll just pop a couple up. And then you're thinking to yourself, well, it can't really get worse than that. So they asked him what he actually does with the cow eyeballs. He likes to put them in soups. Oh, we're back to soup, aren't we? But you're you're eating a soup after a cow's eyeball has been up your bottom. Yes. Sentences I never thought I'd say on the radio. They're actually quite beneficial for erectile dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) And we come full circle once again. Um, How is a cow's eyeball good for erectile dysfunction? I think I can give you his address if you like. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm just popping over. (laughs) Um, 
He is actually currently battling that, so he thinks this is a cure for it. He also likes the texture and the taste of the eyeball in the soup, the said soup, the ball soup. Ball soup. Eyeball soup. Mm -hmm. This is Indiana Jones. I remember seeing soup with eyeballs in it in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, that is true with the whole monkey brain and the chilled monkey brains. And the cockroaches that they didn't milk. Oh, this is an Indi- the Indiana Jones episode. That's what this is. To be fair, I don't remember the scene where he had erectile dysfunction, but that may have been edited out. That could be. The company won't let us take animal scraps home and instead toss them in a landfill, Tilbot said to the police. They're very wasteful. We should be allowed to take scrap meat and other parts home. The company should start a green initiative. They won't even have recycling at that plant. Tilbit explained his actions. I enjoy eating bovine eyeballs and smuggling them out in my colon was the only way I knew how to get them out without potentially getting caught and fired. How on earth did they end up rolling down his trouser leg? Yeah, how'd they get out? Yeah. I would imagine imagine. that... he was not too excited about being pulled over by the police. Gaseous. Yes, and you know things are a little loose. Yeah, they kind of went like this. Okay, and before you know where you are, you've had a window out. True. Someone's been hit on their head. Yes. <laughs> what a shocking state of affairs. Was it winking at you? Is it winking? You can see him coming and going. That's a shocking state. I can't believe it. At least the cow was dead. There is some redeeming features. There, to this. there is some. Um, yeah, he's actually smuggled several thousand eyeballs over the past few months how big is a cow's eyeball how big is his colon this is where i'm going (laughs) yeah yeah i mean is a cow's eyeball let's say a tennis ball is it a i think it might be like a ping pong ball no maybe it's bigger bigger than that once once you've got it out of the eye Is is it like lemony lemony yeah lemony size maybe limey size Limey size. Oh, sorry. Laugh it up. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're having far too much fun, aren't we? More sugar. I'm going to go with tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perhaps a shaved tennis ball. Once you've shaved a tennis ball, I think we're getting to the size. <laughs> That's going to take a lot of effort, isn't it, to put that up there? You're not taking more than two home at any given time, are you? Is what I'm thinking. Several thousand. Yes, but it wasn't all in one day, was it? Only a couple months. Couple months. 60 days. Let's 60 do the math days. Once. Do the math. Oh, if I was sat on a. How many you wouldn't 60 be days? Sitting. Yeah. 60 days. A yes. thousand eyeballs. Thousands. A couple thousand. 60, a couple of thousand in 60 days. Yes. Well, that opens up a whole <laughs> yeah. new area of thinking, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, my. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores in last place. With the K2 meter and the dead battery sitting in the cemetery, with nothing happening, it's James who scored a half point. But in resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR camera is me. Hurrah. Really? Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories of wee defecation and cockroach milk at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the... (laughs) 
Paranormal. <laughs> Strange, intriguing, and bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can contact me on Twitter, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do an extra 15 to 20 minutes of the show, which you can find on SoundCloud in a round called Not For Your Mother. It's the stories from around the world that we can't read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. My greatest thanks and gratitude are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drain, and Nathan Bush and Michelle Corey, and all at the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting.